You're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. We are about to get into our 20 million movement Bible study for the day where 20 million people around the world will all study the same passage of the Bible at the same time. And Mon, before we do that, we have another clue for our quiz. Yeah, yeah. Who is this famous villain? Yeah, yes. Clue number four. Darren's got the answer. He did. I could read it all over his face. I was the champion of the Philistines. Mm. Who was their champion? Who was the Philistines' champions? If you can get it right this morning, our prize. I keep forgetting to tell people what the prize is. Today we have a great book. It's called Health and Wellness, Secrets That Will Change Your Life. It's written by Mark Finley and Peter Landless. It's a really great book, um, all about um, you know health and wellness uh, tips and and secrets. Just really great stuff. Um, this is, I think, one of the best books on health I've written. I've written. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't write this. That I've read. It's just very easily uh, written. It's easy to read. Very easy stuff that you can implement into your own lives. Uh, it, it, it shows you simple ways to avoid stuff like uh, you know chronic stuff like you know cancer, diabetes, heart disease, obesities. Uh, obesity. I was still learning you know, how about good nutrition, all, all, that, all that sort of basic stuff that can really lengthen your life. It doesn't cost a lot to implement it. Uh, so it's a really wonderful book, Health and Wellness, Secrets That Will Change Your Life. I decided to give away this as a prize today for our quiz because we're coming up to Christmas and Christmas is a pretty unhealthy time of the year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so you're going to have a healthy Christmas or an unhealthy Christmas, Mom? I was actually about, I was going to call my brother after the show today and ask him whether or not he wanted to do some sort of like two-week juice fast when I get when I get to Tasmania for Christmas, um, which would be over Christmas as I well. Said the poison. Oh, over Christmas. Uh-huh. I was going to say the poison and the antidote. We're going to have the antidote first. Well, yeah, maybe maybe we'll do like juice fast up to Christmas. You know, I would Christmas. highly recommend it. There was a, an article in today's uh, Newcastle Herald about somebody, um, an opinion piece um, by a journalist there, you know, complaining about uh, his vegan cousins and how they're going to be picking around, the, you know, and the, the, the Christmas time is just to- totally inappropriate. And I'm like, well, what's inappropriate at Christmas time? You know, seriously. Yeah. Um, the whole Christmas feast has, you know, no origin in Christianity or Judaism. Mm-hmm. So make it what you want to make it. And yeah. if I want to make it a plant-based Christmas, then make it a that's my tradition. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's not like the Bible specifies anything in There's relationship no- to Christmas whatsoever at all. There's no menu out there that this is the Christmas menu. Like, no. 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 It's just it's not the case. So. So um, I will be very interested to see how your juice mm. Christmas goes. Look, if I can get my brother to agree to it, that's the thing, right? So I haven't I, pitched, I haven't pitched it to him yet. He might not be so impressed with the idea, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, but yeah, if you would like to get a copy of this uh, this prize, health and wellness secrets that will change your life, and maybe you would like to rethink your Christmas, and I do, I do recommend it. I I know that for the past, I think maybe four or five Easter's, I have not eaten chocolate. And uh, and been pretty happy about that as well because usually following Easter, my skin just goes just goes mental. I get like breakouts and I get tired. And I get all these sugar crashes and it's just it's just not very nice and yeah. and sugar cranky. Goes, goes, like, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. each each Easter, I'm like, do you know what? Forget it. And if someone gives me an Easter egg, I'll literally like sit it there and I'll give them all the eggs except one. I usually keep one Easter egg and then I'll save that up until Easter is well and gone and then I'll maybe have a little pick at it. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's how I do Easter. And do you know what? It, it's like the, it's like kind of like the person who was going to give up smoking and they um, threw all their smokes away except for three, which they hid. 
<laughs> get them right back into it. Yeah, but I mean, I I have to tell you that having done that for many Easter's in a, in a row now, it has not detracted from my my enjoying Easter as a celebration. Absolutely, at all. At all. Absolutely. So I, yeah. I, we we here on Faith FM promote a healthy Christmas, mm. healthy holiday and season. And I'm I'm sick of post Christmas having stacked on a bunch of weight, my skin once again suffering, feeling bloated and 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 just icky and you know like you need to grease and oil change. yeah yeah exactly i hate that feeling and so i'm trying to combat that but you know yeah yep. maybe taking a bit easier taking a bit lighter fresh fruit and veg yeah yeah so yeah sounds good be super excited to see how that goes for you mon thanks and of course don't forget that uh, if you're having trouble with uh, listening to faith fm maybe you're driving through and the signal starts to fade away we do have people who call up about that every now and then, like, oh, our signal just disappears when I'm driving away and it's the most interesting story. You're doing it wrong. You are doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. If you're having a problem with a weak signal, you're doing it wrong. This is not like this is not how people listen to the radio these days. Faithfm.com.au. Just uh, type that in on your phone, plug your phone into your car stereo, and you'll get great service everywhere. That's how people listen to the radio these days. So much simpler and easier than using the radio on your dash. Or you can download the TuneIn app. So it's called, it's an app called TuneIn. You can download that for free. Search for Faith FM Australia and just press play. It works the same yeah, just way. Just put in your favourites. Yeah. It's even uh, probably one step easier. Yeah, it just works on any device. Yep. All right, where were we up to? We are up to... Ooh. Let's see where Mon opens her Bible. To I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to Daniel. Nah, you missed it. Where are we going? Revelation. What? (laughs) Oh, this is one step behind. Revelation chapter 14. And if you can start reading for us in verse 6. And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Okay, so we have another angel flying around through the sky. He has the eternal good news. What's the what's another what's another uh, word for eternal good news? Oh, sounds like he's on Faith FM delivering good news radio. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Posi- positively different message right here. <laughs> yeah, good news broadcasting angel <laughs> coming uh, with messages coming in the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good news, also known as the gospel, gospel, the mm-hmm. everlasting gospel. Yeah. So here we find an angel flying through the middle of heaven. He has the everlasting gospel, and what is he going to do with the everlasting gospel? He's going to proclaim it to who? Announce it to the, to every single person, so all the people. So this is worldwide. This is global proclamation of the everlasting gospel. It's, it definitely sounds like Faith FM right there because that's what we endeavour to do here every day is present the everlasting gospel from one end of Australia to the other. Probably not as eloquently as this angel pulls it off, but we give it a good crack. Yeah, And it uh, it goes out via the airwaves. That's right. That's the angel right. is flying in the air. Mm-hmm. Let me make a... Uh, an eisegetical application of this Here we go. Um, um, prophecy to, uh, to Faith FM Radio. Oh. Um, eisegesis, of course, is when you read things into the Bible that are not actually there. <laughs> so if your heresy alarm is going off right now, it's probably rightfully so. But anyway. It also sounds a bit like your news story this morning, Lyle, with that drop there. <laughs> that was a legitimate news story. What are you talking about? For those of you who I'm missed so it, sure. the first complete skeleton of a drop bear has been discovered. Lyle's isogesical news story. No, it wasn't an isogesical news story. You can look it up. Um, it is 
um, called a. Let me just look it up here real quickly. Dropus Barris. We've decided it's called a Dropus Barris. Thyla Colio. Thyla Solio. Colio. Something or other. Yeah. Can't find the, the last word that was. Um, Dropus Barris. Dropus Barris. That's right. This is a drop bear. It was a big creature the size of a lion that had a lot of similarities to a Tasmanian devil, and it was a marsupial, and it used to drop out of trees to land on its. And it had the body of a koala. You it, don't know that it dropped out of trees. You never seen him drop out of a tree. It has the feet and the climbing claws of a brush tail possum. That doesn't a mean he gigantic dropped gigantic brush tail possum. That doesn't mean he dropped out of trees to to get his prey. We don't know that that's his It was a drop bear. It was <laughs> definitely a drop bear. Look, I wanted to be a drop bear as much as you do, Lyle, but I'm not willing to bend on the truth as much as you. It's, are. A, it's a drop bear. Anyway, anyway, drop asparagus. Thylas solio drop asparagus. Okay, so we have this angel who is proclaiming the gospel. Yes. Okay, so he's proclaiming the gospel um, to the entire world. He has the everlasting gospel. He's going to proclaim it to the whole world. What's the first couple of words of the next verse? Fear God, he shouted. Give glory to him. Okay, let's stop there. Let me read it to you from uh, my translation, um, the KJV, where it says, I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to proclaim to those that live on the earth, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. And the very next the very first word of the next verse is saying. So he has the everlasting gospel. He's going to proclaim it to the entire world. The next part then begins with saying. So if you want to know what the everlasting gospel is, it is defined here in Revelation 14, verse 6 through 13. And you're going to find the everlasting gospel pretty heavy in places. Yes, it is. But it starts off with this concept of Fear God. Does yours say fear God? Mine says fear God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so even in the modern translation, it still says fear God. Now, why on earth would anybody be scared of God? You know, this is this is almost seems to be a contradiction in terms. You know, how could you possibly be afraid of God? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so it's impossible to be afraid of God because God wants to be your best friend. He wants to be your brother. He wants to be your father. Um, these are all of the images that we have of God. We've got God who died for us, you know, God who loves us beyond what we can imagine. Why would you be afraid of somebody like that? Well, it's, I think it's more to do with it, the fear is an old-timey way of saying respect. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The same yeah. way that you would have respect for your parents or your it's, it's best a, it's friend. A, it's, or, it's another level of respect, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think this, you know, because in old timey days they had the word respect and then they had the word fear. Mm-hmm. And we don't have that word in that context anymore and it's kind of disappointing. And, and so we still write fear because you can't write respect because it just doesn't carry enough weight. Mm. But this is the kind of. Uh, Respect that you have. It's a deep reverent respect. Yes. And it recognizes the power. Yeah, it's mingled with awe. It's mingled with, it's respect mingled with awe, mingled with recognition, um, mingled with a whole bunch of stuff. Really. I I think we need a new word. We do. We need to invent Mm, a word. Well, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I'll let you work on that one, Mon. Yeah, thanks. While we do our Bible study, you can come up with a... It could take months. A, ...a new word for um, the English language to describe what it means to re- 
to fear, to respect, to um, yeah, to, to the real attitude that we have towards God. But what it does demonstrate is that God is not one of the fellas. Yeah, that's right. And we shouldn't treat him like one of the fellas. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, well, it used to be, not so much anymore, but it used to be when I was a teenager, it used to be trendy and cool. You know, you'd get these these youth ministers that were trying too hard to be cool. Yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about right now. There's nothing like a... Uh, and they tr- would try and make God colloquial. Yeah. And really sort of... And it, it was just All it did was diminish him. It diminished God and make everyone feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Everyone would just squirm in their seat. While, uh, you know, there's nothing worse than somebody tries to be, just be yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. Just totally be yourself. Don't try too hard. Um, and, you know, they would use all these colloquial terms to talk about God and to address God and, all, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of thing. And it's like, no, God's not one of the fellas. He yeah. is the supreme, sovereign, ruler, creator of the entire he universe. He might be your he's, friend, but he still created the Ten Commandments. That's right. And, and he's the one who literally breathes galaxies into existence. Mm-hmm. You know, seriously. You're going to have respect for someone like that. Yeah. Even though that person is your best and closest friend. Mm-hmm. So the Bible says fear God. Now, when it says fear God, all right, in a practical day-to-day way, how do we show respect for God? That's a good question. Hmm. How do you show respect for God who's not one of the fellas but who's still your best friend? How do you how will you show respect for God as you go through your life today, Mon? I guess I would want to know what it is he wants from me and then I'd work at that. Absolutely. Yeah. That that nails it on the head right there. Because fear God well it's like this. Job said in Job chapter one and verse one, there was a man in the land of Uz. Always wanted to live in the land of Uz. <laughs> Put it on my um, address, my return address. Lyle Southwell. Such and such a street, Uz. <laughs> this is awesome. Like, why don't we have a country named Uz anymore? But anyway, there was a man in the we land do. of Uz. We do? We have Oz. No, it's not the same. <laughs> Oz is not cool as cool as Uz. I don't it's know why. It's basically the same, Lyle. Anyway. anyway, no, anyway. <clears throat> Maybe Job came from Australia. Maybe. You never That's know. east of Palestine. <laughs> Long way. Um, there are camels here. It's true. It's true. There wasn't back then, though. Mm. So no, there was drop bears, but not camels. I'm getting way sidetracked, aren't yes. I? Yes. All right. Let me let me get back to the to the uh, Bible. The man in the land of Uz by the name of Job, and that man was a righteous man and an upright white man, one who feared God and eschewed evil. Now you're talking about old words. There's a good one for you. He eschewed evil. Is this some sort of cooking term? Nothing to do with cooking. It simply means to turn away from, to shun, to have nothing to do with. Okay. So he turned away from, he shunned, he had nothing to do with evil. And so those two things go together. He feared God and he eschewed evil. In other words, the way that you show your respect for God is the way you live your life. Ah, gotcha, yep. It's the way that you actually, um, what you actually do and, and how you... Uh, conduct your affairs in righteousness, in righteous living, in accepting Christ's righteousness into your life, accepting the Holy Spirit in your life, and asking God to change you, to convert you, and to make you into a new and different person. I guess one of the easiest ways to know um, how to respect God and how to please God is to look at the the 10 simple steps that he's asked everybody ever yeah. 
to keep. And that'd be the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments are not complex. Yeah, some you Very them. simple, very basic, very straightforward, very easy to understand. And uh, you know why should we? And probably them? probably shorter than a lot of children's Christmas wish lists this year. <laughs> it's just ten <laughs> steps, guys. That would be a good thing to have on a Christmas wish list. Yes, I would like to live this way. Yeah, this year. I would like to give glory and honor to God in the way I live this year. And it's funny because like, even though God asks us to respect him in that way, keeping the Ten Commandments often benefits us the most. The keeper of the Ten Commandments has a much better life when keeping them. Absolutely. All right, so the first first part of this message is fear God. What is the next part? What does it say? Uh, give glory to him. For the time has come when he will sit as judge. Okay. Let's stop before we go any further. How do you give glory to God? Through the example of your life, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yep. And people can see that and you glorifying God through your obedience to him. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I think when we read a passage like that and we read, give glory to God, we sort of think, oh, that's what I do at church when I sing. Yeah, that's right. But that's a very, very extremely narrow way of looking at the subject of giving glory to God. Mm-hmm. The... Um, the, the, the reality is that we give glory to God in the way that we live our lives. Um, it's, 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 our, it's our lifestyle. It is what we do. It is how people see God in us. Because, you know, people aren't so keen on words. People are much more keen on actions. That's true. Actions speak louder than words, um, and they do so all day long every day. And this refers to our lifestyle, giving glory to God. You know, and this is where Paul says, you know, whatever you do, whether you eat or whether you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And sometimes we use that passage to talk about eating and drinking because eating and drinking are specified right here. And in the context of what Paul is talking about, he's talking about eating and drinking. However, he broadens it and he makes it about everything that we do. Now, the problem is that so many people today see anything related to doing as being something to do with um, legalism. It's true. The moment you talk about doing, oh, that's legalism. It's like, okay, so let's let's think about this for a moment. Let's reverse that equation so we are not going to do anything because the moment we do something is legalism. It also doesn't work. Yeah. You know, that's ridiculous. You know, I was I was doing a fine job of living a very sinful life before I came to Christ. I didn't need to come to Christ so that I could continue on. I needed to come to Christ so that I could change. Absolutely. So I could be converted, so I could experience the power of the Holy Spirit, so that I could be a different person. And so that your life would give glory to God. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So um, fear God and give glory to Him. Why? Why does Why does the angel place this emphasis on fearing God and give glory to Him and living a righteous life? Uh, it says, well, because the time has come and he will sit as judge. Okay, so the judgment has begun. It is happening. And what you have here is an angel going out to the whole world just before Jesus comes, a message going out to the whole world to proclaim the fact that the judgment is currently taking place. He had, the time has come. He is now sitting as judge. The judgment was not happening in the past. Jesus uh, in the past was doing the work of intercession, but now he is sitting as judge. And he is judging the whole world. And, uh, you know, that should be a special wake-up call for all of us there to be ready for Jesus to come back because the simple reality is if the judgment has begun, then um, the fact is Jesus is coming back soon, very, very soon. 
Very soon. Absolutely. And this is the message that's going out right now. The judgment has begun. We know it's taken, we, we know it's begun. We know it is happening. And we need to be getting ready for the return of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, there's one more part to this particular uh, verse right here. And that is the last part. So the first part is fear God. The second part is give glory to Him. The third part is the time of the judgment has started. And then there is a fourth part. Mm. What is the fourth part all about? Well, I'm going to tell you right after this song. This is Torrin Wells' Hills and Valleys. And we'll be back with the fourth part of this message.
You're listening to Torin Wells, Hills and Valleys here on Faith FM. And we are back studying Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7 this morning, or really verses 6 through 13, if you want to read the whole uh, of the everlasting gospel right there. But before we do, we've got another clue for our quiz there, Mon? Yes, we do. We have, I would say, the final clue for this quiz. Uh, It's a very easy one now. David killed me with a stone and then cut off my head. Mm. That sounds kind of... Gory and very yeah. final. Yeah, <laughs> very final. It was a stone a, thrown from a slingshot, wasn't it? Uh-huh. A little ginge get, or something. You get, you get hit with a stone, you may or may not survive. You get your head cut off. You're definitely yeah, not going to survive that yeah. one. Yeah, your goose is cooked then. That's right. Okay, so Revelation chapter 14, the last part of this verse in verse 7. What do you got for us there, Mon? Uh, just before I, we get there, just 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call if you know the answer. Oh, of course. Okay, so... Uh, That's 1-800-324-843. Okay, the last part of verse 7 says, Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Where's that quoting from? The Bible. Yes, it's a direct quote from somewhere in the Bible. Mm. The Old Testament. Yes, it's a direct quote from the Old Testament. I'm really good at this, aren't I? <laughs> you're, you're doing great, Mon. Just uh, process of elimination. No, it's not Genesis. Exodus. Yes, it's Exodus. Leviticus. No, Ooh, it is Leviticus. It's Exodus. It's, I know. I know so you it got is. it. You got it on the I second. Know where you it got is. it on the second I know clue. Where it is. I can't it's believe the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Decalogue. I can't believe, Mon, that you got the right book on the second guess. Well, it was either creation or the Decalogue. You would have been in trouble if it was Malachi, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like? Not 66 books later, but <laughs> a bunch of books later. All right. So the Decalogue. Let's go and read the Decalogue. Let's read where this is quoting from. This is a direct reference and it is pointing us to the Ten Commandments. What part of the Ten Commandments is that? Let's go to Exodus chapter 20. The word Decalogue, of course, Deca being 10, Log being... Record. Record, record yeah. yes. Ship's log is a record. Uh, where are we? Exodus chapter 20. And why don't you start reading for us in verse 8 through 11, please, Mom? Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. This is why the Lord blessed the seventh day and set it apart as holy. Okay, so when we read this particular passage right here, we find that the last part of the fourth commandment is quoted from in Revelation chapter 14. For in six days the Lord made heaven, earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So Revelation 14 verse 7 really highlights a number of issues. Fear God and give glory to Him. That's righteous living. The hour of His judgment has come. In other words, we are living in the hour of God's judgment right now. And finally, it says, and worship Him as Creator. And when it says worship Him as Creator, it references us straight back to the Fourth commandment, which says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, for in six days God created the heavens and the earth. Let me point out something that I find most interesting, Mon, and that is this. The world has largely forgotten the issue of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is no longer a memorial of creation. It has been replaced by Sunday as a supposed memorial of 
Resurrection. Resurrection, mm-hmm. which, of course, you find nowhere in Scripture. And the Bible says, keep the Sabbath day in memorial of creation. Have people lost the concept of creation in recent times? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so here God gave us this, and he gave us a specific command. This one you need to remember. There's the only one where he says, remember. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. He says, this is the one. Whatever you don't forget this one, because if you forget this one, you're going to forget God. You're going to forget who God is. You're going to forget how you came to be here, why you are here. You're going to forget who you know who it is that has created you, the purpose for your existence, the meaning of life will all be lost if you forget this one commandment. And God gave us this commandment as a reminder every seven days. Every seven days, spend a day remembering God as your creator. We have not done that, and we have forgotten that God is, is our creator. Okay, so the central issue here is the issue of worship, though. And if we go over to Revelation, we're going to find that the issue of worship is what divides the world at the end of time. Let's go to Revelation chapter 13 now. Revelation chapter 13. And there's a couple of verses here that we're going to highlight uh, over the space of about 12 verses, and let's see whether there's a theme here. Revelation 13 is really probably, Revelation 13, 14 are the most central chapters in the entire book of Revelation. Okay, so Revelation 13, and uh, Mon, I wonder whether you could read for us verse 3 and 4. I saw one of the heads of the beast. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. They worshipped the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshipped the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? Okay, there are two significant words. There is one word, one significant word that is repeated twice in verse 4. What is that, Mon? Uh, verse 4, worshipped. 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 Read for us verse 8. Uh, verse 8, skipping down. And all the people who belong to this world worshipped the beast. Skip down to verse uh, 12. Verse 12 says, He ex- exercised all the authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast. Skip down to verse 15. He was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Okay, so notice here we've had the issue of worship has now been raised five times in 12 verses. Do you get the impression that God is trying to catch your attention on this issue? Very much so. If I was to come to you with some instructions, Mon, and I was to repeat myself five times in the space of, say, 20 sentences... I'd get the picture. It was important to you. Yeah, you yeah. would definitely get that, in, that, that impression. And here God is emphasizing that this is something of utmost and in, truly incredible importance. Worship is the issue at the end of time. And what you have is a contrast between true worship and false worship. And here, of course, in chapter 13, it is all about false worship. Revelation 14 is all about true worship. And this is what divides at the end of time. It is all over the issue of worship. Let's go over to Revelation chapter 11 and verse 1. Verse 1 says, Then I was given a measuring stick, and I was told, Go and measure the temple of God and the altar, and count the number of worshippers. Okay, and verse 18. 
Just turn over the page. The nations were filled with wrath, and now the time of your wrath has come. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants, the prophets, as well as your holy people and all who fear your name. From the least to the greatest, it is time to destroy all who have caused the destruction on the earth. Or worship your name. Mm -hmm. The issue here is all about worship. The issue at the end of time is all about worship. Uh, The book of Revelation is all about worship. What divides between those who are servants of God and those who are not servants of God is all about worship. And so a lot of people then simply presume, well, that just simply means going to church. Is is worship just going to church? No, no, it's how you live your life. We just looked at that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is really what it comes back to. The highest form of worship is obedience. End of story. There is no higher form of worship. You think about this. Worship is the total giving of yourself to somebody else. And who the person who is greatest in your life, the person with the highest level of authority in your life, is the person you obey. We need to be obedient to Jesus Christ today. Make him number one in your life. There's a light in the valley There's a light on a distant shore A light on a mountain It's the light that'll guide you home It shines in the darkness It speaks through the word light of forgiveness light of the world in a valley I was lost on a raging sea Lost on the mountain Until the light shone on me And led me out of the darkness And back to the shore Top of the mountain to be lost over. It's the light of redemption, it's the light of a grand plan, it's the light of forgiveness. Yeah, the light is the Son of Man It's shining in the darkness It's shining in the night The light is the way The truth and the light
food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. You are my joy, you are my song, you are the way, the one I'm drawing from, you are my rest. My whole life long Where else would I go? Surely my God is the strength of my soul Your love defends me Your love defends me And when I feel like all alone Your love defends me your love defends me, yeah Day after day, night after night I will remember you're with me in this fight Surely my God is the strength of my soul. 
soul Your love defends me Your love defends me And when I feel like I'm all alone Your love defends me Your love defends me Surely my God is the strength of my soul Your love defends me Your love defends me And when I feel like Listen to Matt Meyer, your love defends me here on Faith FM. We have a uh, somewhat controversial question coming in today. Ah, uh, yeah, I think today today's question of the day is a bit of a uh, a add on to yesterday's uh, about. Could be, could, be, could be getting a few Christmas questions coming mm-hmm. through. I, I think at this time of year. So yesterday they wanted to know whether or not uh, Christians should you use Christmas trees, and today the question's been asked. Does Santa represent Satan? Oh. Okay, and that's an interesting one. You know, they're both in red suits. Well, they're both after the kids. And you can draw some parallels there for sure, but. The name's an anagram, you just move the end around and Satan turns to Satan. Santa okay, very that's soon. not actually how it works. <laughs> I hate to disappoint you all, but the word Santa is simply Spanish for saint. Oh. Because if Santa, oh, come on, you'd be actually a bit of trouble if uh, if it was an anagram of Satan. You know why? Why? Haven't you ever been to Santa Monica? <laughs> Santa Monica in California Don't tell is them not my secret. Satan's Monica. <laughs> you have Santa Monica, Santa Anna, Santa Barbara, Santa Rosa, Santa Faye, Santa Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, I could go on and on and on. It simply means saint. Okay. Um, and, of course, the clause comes from Nicklaus, who was a... Greek saint uh, from the 4th century who used to give gifts to children and his special day was December 6th. And so on December 6th, when people celebrated uh, within the Roman Catholic or or Greek Orthodox tradition, celebrated the uh, feast of St. Nicholas or St. Nicholas or Sinterklaus, as the Dutch called it, uh, they would give gifts to each other. And so that was a tradition that went on for many, many years until the time of the great Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. And as a result of the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century, the veneration of saints was done away with. And so Martin Luther decided to move the day of gift giving to from December 6 to December 25, the birthday of Tammuz. So you're wondering where the connection between St. Nicholas 
And December 25 comes from, it comes from Martin Luther and the Reformation. Oh, how about that? Yeah, most interesting. Um, of course, the December 25 date by this stage, and this is a, an, another um, history story in and of itself, the December 25 date, which predates Christ by a couple of millennia, uh, was previously the birthday of Tammuz and then was turned into the birth of Christ. Um, had already been ex- in existence as a um, an annual ce- celebration, but it was Luther who said, "Yeah, you know what?" And of course, this was then carried on in England, and then you know spread to the world, you know, British Empire, so forth. Um, the gift giving part. Let's move that from Saint Nicholas's Day to Christmas Day. So that's the origin of Santa Claus. Now there is definitely some a whole bunch of parallels with the German god Woden, who used to have a uh, an annual midnight hunt across the skies and some see some parallels there there are other parallels with uh, you know in different traditions that have risen up about Santa Claus but the interesting thing is that Santa Claus uh, originally was uh, always dressed in uh, priestly robes as a bishop he used to be a bishop until the uh, 19th century when he adopted the clothing of Father Christmas and, of course, that is the rotund, red, uh, white-haired man that we see today. Is that something to do with Coca-Cola? It's got nothing to do with Coca-Cola, no. Huh, okay. Um, but I would kind of put them all in the same category as being cheap, nasty, and bad for your health. Lyle. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, I, you know, Santa Claus is one of those things that has nothing to do with Christmas, and I don't think it should have anything to do with Christmas. Uh, it, it, it encourages parents to lie to their children and I don't think that's ever a healthy thing because once your kids realise that you've been lying to them for however many years that might be, then you've got some major problems on your hands because it's like, well, will your kids ever trust you again? Uh, the other thing that you've got is if uh, Santa Claus is not real, then is Jesus Christ real? You know, we mix the two things up together in the same festival, you're going to have all kinds of trouble. And so I would encourage parents to you know, get rid of Santa Claus and uh, let, let's have Jesus Christ and let's talk about Jesus Christ and let's talk about his birth and what his life here on this earth means to us today rather than confusing it with a red, round, rotund man who has absolutely nothing to do with the birth of Christ. Thank you very much, Lyle. Very definitive answer there. If you have a question, give us a call here. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can fire off any question that you like. We will answer it on question of the day. Of course, you can contact us through any social media platform. As I gaze upon the heavens All the wonders of your What are we that you remember a bit of dust in this vast expanse? We are here, but for a moment we take a breath and then work on. Yet you set your love upon us You engraved us on your palms Oh, you set your love upon 
Welcome back, guys. That was Matt and Josie Minicus with The Evening Psalm here on Faith FM. And while we're on the subject of heavy subjects, we have a heavy book to give away. But this one is one that I would definitely recommend to anybody who uh, is interested in studying history and prophecy and symbolism and the origins of... uh, yeah, all kinds of fascinating stuff. Yes, yeah, so this is a uh, call now, by the way, if you want this book. It's by Stephen Bohr. It's called Worship at Satan's Throne. And we've just been studying about the importance of worship, and I think we'll be continuing on that theme for another couple of days in our 20 Million Movement Bible study. This book will cover this in depth. So if you're just a little bit confused or you're wondering what on earth is going on with, with this theme of worship that we have there in, in the book of Revelation, definitely get a copy of this book, Worship at Satan's Throne. Um, call now, 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number 1-800-324-843 we have a copy of this going totally for free to the first person to call through there you go give us a call 1-800-324-843 is the number to get a copy of that book right there Worship at Satan's Throne by Stephen Bohr highly highly recommended book and don't forget that if you would like to know more about the Bible you can not just give us a call to receive a copy of that book but you can give us a call to receive a copy of any of the various different Bible studies that we have available for free Uh, These are series of Bible studies. You even get your own personal tutor to guide you through the process, whom you can ask any question that you'd like. So you get personal service in doing these Bible studies. They work through the Discovery Center, the Adventist Discovery Center. And... uh, um, yeah, I used to run that Discovery Center. It's a great program. Lots of people. You it get really a, You is, get a yeah. certificate at the end of it, all kinds of stuff. It's um, one of those programs where you're not just a number. About 18 mm-hmm. different um, courses that they have available there on subjects like health, mental health, archaeology, um, prayer, uh, Bible subjects. Finance, they, have, uh, yeah. they have my prophetic code series that is there. You can do that there. Um, and I know I do promote that regularly here on Faith FM. I don't get any money from that. I'm not promoting it to make money out of it. Um, Receive absolutely zero money from Prophetic Code, but um, it is a series that I put together just so that people can learn more about the Bible and prophecy and ancient history and symbolism and how it all points to Jesus Christ. Which is something we're very passionate about here at Faith FM. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. And if today is not the 13th of December, it's because you are listening to delayed broadcast. But don't stress, you can jump across to the live show. Just download the TuneIn app or go to faithfm.com.au and press play on the live stream. Uh, do you know what, Lyle? Mm, what? Oh, today is my third last show for the year. It's well, Friday and Monday and then I'm done for the year. Well, we'll have Maddie for a couple of days after that until we finish up for the year, but it will be sad to see you go, Mon. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, stay tuned. We've got more great programming coming up today. Of course, if you want to donate to our Africa trip, go to kenyahealth.org. That is still open for donations. So you think I'm something special, like I know a thing or two. Like my eyes don't ever wander Like my aim is always true So you think I'm not a dirty, rotten scoundrel through and through Well, lady, I've got news for you So you think that you're the only one to cry yourself to sleep That you're the only one who's scared they all forget you when you leave So you think that you're the only one whose heart is black and blue Listen, I've got news for you For you 
So you feel so wrecked and dirty, he could never make 